I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Happy Thursday afternoon. Welcome in to the Illini Inquirer podcast. I was doubting myself there for a second on if I had the day right because uh, we're getting crazy now with the schedule. Uh, football is very busy on the recruiting trail. Huge official visits this weekend. We're going to talk all about a huge recruiting weekend, but we also got some big news from the Big Ten. We're actually going to do this live on YouTube in the morning, but we're doing it now because uh, the Big Ten announced its new scheduling format, so a lot to get into there. It's Jeremy Warner, Joey Wagner. Joey, good afternoon. How you been, buddy? I'm good, man. Got a little time to get away. Came back just in time for a a crazy month of June, which out of season is becoming one of the bigger months uh, work-wise for us. No, absolutely has. And um, I'll, I'll give a personal detail. My wife and kids went out of town with my mother-in-law. Uh, so I got I got a weekend alone, so I got to be by my phone. But I, I scheduled some mandates with the boys. Uh, so I'll be out there. So I need you Friday night. I'm going to uh, with my brother and my best friend, Matt. And then Saturday afternoon, I'll be at the White Sox game because we're just a couple games out of first place now. I'm back. I'm back on the bandwagon. Uh, but uh, you, you'll be by the computer, right, uh, to cover me in case something happens over the weekend. Because usually it doesn't happen until Sunday, Monday after official visits. But you never know. Rico Jackson, Jamarion Harkless kind of surprised us last year. I'll do what I can. I've been on a pretty big gaming bench, Jeremy. Okay. I will not be at a baseball game because my team is not surging up to the top of the standings in a really bad division. Uh, so congratulations, to you. I have bragging rights in my text thread with Isaac Trotter, Jake Hassan, both Cardinals fans, and uh, Austin Perklin, who was so high in his Cubs after the first month. When is he not? <laughs> uh, well, now he's not. He's, he's back into the, the fire everybody uh, kind of realm, which I get. Uh, but it's, it's, it's very tongue-in-cheek bragging rights for how terrible all of our teams are. But we digress. We got some Big Ten scheduling news, Joey. The Big Ten finally announced its new scheduling format. Uh, which includes protected rivalries, but not a given number. So Penn State has zero protected rivalries. Should we all laugh at them for that? Um, no protected rivalries since uh, being in the league since 1993. But then you have a team like Iowa, who has three protected rivalries. But it comes out Illinois sensibly has Purdue and Northwestern as their protected rivalries. And then they get a two-play for two seasons in 2024-2025 it's Ohio State. So the Illibuck lives on. Illinois hasn't played them in a while. COVID season game got, got wiped out. So that's a difficult to play, but you do get Northwestern and Purdue, which I think makes a lot of sense. Uh, but they unleashed the 2024-2025 schedules. And the 2024 schedule, Joey, is a bear. The 2025 schedule is uh, a little bit uh, more digestible for Illinois. But what do you think of, of what the Big Ten did here? We'll get into the, the schedules each season. Uh, we'll get into the protective rivalries. But uh, just overall, what do you think of what the Big Ten did here? Uh, uh, obviously, if you're a program like Illinois, you're going to miss the divisions because you had a chance to to win the West, the way Brett Bielma has his program trending. 
Uh, but I, I like that it's, you know, I know the pod system had gotten a lot of buzz uh, kind of early in this where you put three teams or four teams in a pod and see where that went. That felt, I mean, I, I don't think it would have been a bad idea. It felt clunky. I really like this, actually. Protect the games that matter. Now, you can nitpick a little bit, right? Like, if you're Illinois, you'd like to see Iowa, um, probably. I mean, it was kind of a fun rivalry, but there's three other teams Iowa has bigger rivalries with, with than Illinois. So I think you get a little bit of the best of both worlds, and I'm sure Illinois fans will need to be past the 2025 season when you have a two-play with Ohio State uh, to maybe feel that. But I like this. I, I, I like that you keep those rivalries. I think that would have been really difficult to do in a pod system. You would have had people unhappy with how that landed out. But I think this is good. Uh, we do have to, Jimmy, I'll sell us out a little bit. We've got to pull back the curtain when, when it things start to buzz uh, midway through the afternoon. And, and we saw Ohio State on the possibility. We heard, I should say, the possibility of Ohio State in 24 and 25. We thought, are they really going to protect this as a rivalry? Because this makes zero sense. Yeah. Uh, so the two-play makes a lot more sense. But that was that was a stretch uh, that we chatted about for about, I don't know, a half hour, 45 minutes today trying to sort that out. Yeah, I know there's a trophy game, but it's not a rivalry. Like, Ohio State is not considered a rivalry. Illinois is not considered a rivalry. Ohio State's in a different tier of college football. Like, there's the top tier of teams that can – uh, you know, potentially be a national title contender every year, and then there's everybody else. Um, and, and Illinois is trying to get in that maybe that tier below um, everybody else instead of being below everybody else. Um, anyway, can but, you imagine though going to a TV deal and being like, "Hey, we got a hit for you here: primetime ABC, <laughs> Illinois, Ohio State every year." Right. That doesn't that doesn't work when you have the the other schools. Now, well. Illinois every ten years or so uh, will have that big game against Ohio State. Um, but man, yeah, it's uh, not a rivalry you should protect. That is for sure. And you know, I know it's a tough draw, Ohio State with a two play. But let's be honest, Northwestern Purdue that's a favorable draw to have every year. You have those two teams. But I want to applaud the Big Ten here. Like I, I think this is creative, Joey. I think it's more creative than the three six six format, which is probably easier. Uh, to digest, but protecting three teams, it's really difficult. Um, you're going to miss out on somebody, and to lock somebody into a schedule with three rivals every year, it could be a little bit difficult, but it would have been a little bit easier because you can kind of do six opponents for two years, then the other six opponents for two years, and you get to play everybody. This is going to take a little bit more um, creativity and, I guess, logistics for the, the Big Ten scheduling department. I, I'm not a big schedule release guy, Joey. I don't get too excited about these things. This is a huge change, but like the work that has to go into schedule 16 teams or 32 in the NFL, I always find really fascinating. Um, but I, I do think I, I want to applaud the Big Ten for, for being creative here. I mean, here's the rivalries that are protected. Illinois versus Northwestern and Purdue. Michigan with Michigan State and Ohio State. Makes sense. Northwestern has one. Illinois. Rutgers has one. Maryland. Maryland has one. Rutgers. Makes sense, right? Nebraska has one with Iowa. Iowa has three, Minnesota, Nebraska, Wisconsin. All trophy games all matter, right? Uh, Indiana only won with Purdue. Michigan State only won with Michigan. I thought Michigan State-USC could have been one. Uh, you know, you get the, the Spartan kind of thing there, the Warrior thing. But Ohio State won with Michigan. It's the only game that really needs to be protected there. UCLA and USC only won. Wisconsin has Iowa and Minnesota. Purdue has Illinois in Indiana. So I, I thought they did. Those are the games that matter. Those are the rivalry games that matter, the traditional ones that really matter. And then you rotate everybody else out. So I, I do want to applaud them for that. But the other take here is, Joey, 2024 for Illinois. What a bear of a schedule that is. I do have it on our screen here. I know it's a little hard to see. I'll try and enlarge it here a little bit. But Illinois in 2024 draws Michigan State or Minnesota, wait, let me get this right. That's the 2024, yeah. Michigan State, Northwestern, Ohio State, Rutgers, and USC on the road. They have Iowa, Maryland, Michigan, and Purdue at home. So they got Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, and USC all in the same season. Three of those games on the road. And as you wrote, Joey, in, in your takeaways, only three West opponents. So you think of 2024. To me, that is Bielema's really his first roster of his team. You're not going to have Johnny Newton. You're not going to have Keith Randolph, Isaiah Adams, and Julian Pearl. Um, you know, we'll see who else is is, is draft eligible. Is, is Seth Coleman there? But Lovey Smith's roster is basically gone, and you're going to have a lot of question marks there. Now, maybe that's a good thing because you have more depth, but some of your stars are, are going to be gone. So 2024, finding six wins, getting to a bowl game, I think – 
would be a success for that year. I know it is a year away. I know Brett Bielma's expectations are higher, but given where the roster will be, given the the schedule you have, that's going to be a difficult season. It is. I, I'm trying to pull up the uh, the non-conference in 24, Central Michigan, Kansas, Eastern Illinois. Yeah. Probably need to do some work there. You need to go right? through, you know, there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, the, yeah, that's, that's a tough one to come out of the gates uh, with. Because, like you said, the, those stars, those all Big Ten guys, they're going to be in the NFL cash and paycheck. So, I don't know, man. Like, you, you don't want to write anything off because it's a long way away. But that is – it's really coming down to me to getting Ohio State twice coming out of the gates uh, in that pick two. You knew you were going to play some of these other teams. But you're you're going to play a lot more teams more frequently than you had. But, yeah, that that's a bear, man. Yeah. And you're, you're talking – Welcome to the new format. With Rutgers and USC. Um, now, that's going to be – I have to imagine that's going to have a scheduling gap between those two trips. But, yeah, that's the new Big Ten. Like that to me exemplifies the new Big Ten. I mean, Illinois scheduled three West teams, then you have six teams that you, you wouldn't have seen. I mean, you may have seen a few, I suppose, but huge change, man. Huge yeah. change. And then let's go to 2025. Now, the flip side of this is 2024 is difficult, but 2025, Luke Altmyer's in his third potential year as your starting quarterback. These guys have been established. You've built your depth. You're kind of hitting your stride. Malik Elzey will be a junior, right? Like that's what we're thinking about here. This schedule you got to like. I, I know you got Ohio State uh, at home, but UCLA's at home, Northwestern at home, Minnesota and Indiana at home. On the road, at Wisconsin, not easy. At Penn State, not easy. At Nebraska, we'll see where they're at with Matt Rule. But at Purdue, that feels like more of a, a schedule. You can do some work. So I, I guess my whole point is, I think Illinois in 2023 got a chance to make some hay in the last year of the Big Ten West. I think Illinois will be a West contender. I think they have a favorable schedule as long as they take care of business in the non-conference, which isn't easy with Toledo at home and uh, at the, on the road at Kansas. But the rest of the West, I think, is is there for the taking outside of maybe Iowa, but you beat Iowa last year. You know, Wisconsin has a new coaching staff. Purdue has a new coaching staff. Nebraska has a new coaching staff. Northwestern's been in the dumps for you know three of the last four years. I think Illinois has a real chance, so I think it's important for them to take advantage of that. And then 2024, just kind of a difficult road. Uh, you don't want, I'm not throwing away that season, but it's just a difficult road. But 2025, it's a little bit easier of a road or a little bit more favorable of a road when your program, I think, is really going to be hitting its stride under Bielema. Yeah, ideally you flip 2024 and 25 if you're Illinois, I think. I think you'd rather have your 25 team – or, you know, you know what I mean. So the twenty fourteen minutes that twenty five schedule and vice versa. Um, well, you made the, the the point you made about needing to maximize this year. Does it not make last year the way that kind of tuckered off down the stretch and, and a chance to go to Indianapolis and really get all of these eyeballs on you and get all that buzz? That makes it sting a little bit more. And we knew. Jeremy, we knew in the moment, like, okay, the divisions are going to go away when USC yeah. and UCLA come. But it, to me, it's, it feels a little bit different when you actually see it and you see Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, USC in the same season. That's where you're like, oh, yeah, right. They're, they're gone. And that the sting of November last year maybe, yeah. maybe feels a little bit more, a little harder to stomach now that, that you see what's ahead of you in these next two years after the 23 season. Yeah, the two months, the two first months of the season, Illinois took a huge stride forward, right, and really helped this program propel forward, but there was also a missed opportunity, so it's a, it was a mixed bag a little bit last year, because you didn't close on that opportunity, you weren't able to close out some of those games. I know some people want to point towards refs and, and you know, the Purdue game, Michigan game, I think you have a legit gripe there, but they also just failed to close out games. Mississippi State, I was talking to an Illinois assistant yesterday, Joey, I was like, ah, oh, that game. We should have had that game. Like, and that one meant a lot to them. If you finish 9-4, and four, win your bowl game on January 2nd, uh, that could have helped you a little bit more uh, in your cell as well and just learning how to close out those games. So that, that's the next strides they have to make, and we'll see if they can do that this year. I probably buried the lead here a little bit, Joey, but divisions are gone, and now you have a Big Ten championship where it's just the two top teams uh, in, in the standings. And I think that's fair. Listen, I know this hurts Illinois, but – it would have been more interesting probably with Michigan and Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship game, even if it's back-to-back weeks that they're playing. Um, but this does hurt Illinois when it's, you're talking about a Big Ten Championship game. 
But I still think there's a the, the goal now, if you're Illinois, moving forward once you get to a 12-team playoff, is to get to that playoff. And if you finish third, you are going to be in that playoff. If you finish fourth, you have a chance, I think, to be in that playoff if you have some impressive wins and maybe you're 10-2 and two or something like that and a 6-2 and two record in the Big Ten. So I think that's now the mark for, for Illinois and, and any other team that's maybe not Ohio State or Michigan, but it, it's to get into that college football playoff like that would be as important as getting to a big 10 championship game because let's be honest like yeah there was that prize there for illinois to get to a big 10 championship game last year but they probably wouldn't have won that right now they would have been playing michigan (laughs) they almost beat michigan so i can't really say that but the west hasn't won it so i do find it interesting you know some people are saying this hurts illinois i think that's possible especially when it comes to a big 10 championship but I, i think the standard now is is getting to the college football playoff. Yeah, it hurts Illinois a lot more if the playoffs don't ultimately expand, and we know they're going to expand. Uh, but I, I get it. Like, I, I understand that the, the appeal to play in Indy, especially when you're Illinois and you're an hour and a half from Indianapolis, and you, you think about what that could be fan-wise, experience-wise, atmosphere-wise. But the goal uh, – there's a little more wiggle room with the expanded playoffs to be that third or fourth best team in the Big Ten. Now, if you're the fourth, you've got to hope – some things around college football probably break your way to give you that opportunity. But this, I mean, come on, this is kind of geared to get as many teams in the college football playoff as you can if you're the Big Ten. Uh, so and that's just what it is. That's, that should be that target area, four and up. And if you have those seasons that you can you can catch fire and be hot and be two and find your way to Indy, no one's saying that's impossible. But realistically, being in that top four will really matter yeah. uh, in terms of postseason and bowls and all, all the same things that have mattered just with, with the broader scope to get into that playoff. Uh, we will take people's questions if they want to on the live YouTube, if you want to send those in the chat. And Brad P. weighed in and said, can Illinois cancel their upcoming contract with Missouri? Uh, that starts in 2026 and 2027. Illinois will host Missouri in 2026 at Memorial Stadium, then go to Missouri in 2027 i love that they'll play again in 2028 and 2029 uh home and home there uh, and then they'll renew that uh 2032 through 2035 i don't see that happening joey this this is what they want they want this rivalry uh i do see them scheduling some easier opponents right like i, I ex- expect to see some more fcs opponents in future years but we want good games right we still want good games and i think illinois should be at the point where they can make a bowl game even with a power five opponent in their non-conference. Yeah. If, if you're not at that point, you've got a lot bigger issues than who you play. Yeah. Um, and I think you look at what Brett Bielham has done and his coaching staff has done and like they're trending in that way, that Missouri is not going to be the make or break point. And I think as a fan, it's probably ideal to see a, a power five team or a group of five teams and play. And it's no slight, I mean, kind of like, how much of a needle does Eastern Illinois, Western Illinois, you know, whatever the case may be, an FCS team, how much does that move the needle uh, when you're thinking about going to a game on Saturday when the weather's going to be nice and you're at Memorial Stadium and you can pack that full of people? I mean, you're going to pack it more full with Missouri than, than, than you would an FCS directional school. Yeah, can I point out, I think yeah. they have a better situation here. They've set up the game to be in mid and late September. It's no longer the first game of the season where you're like, I don't know who we are. Like, we don't know who we are. Illinois had that for years against Missouri, and it didn't go too well. Now, Missouri had the same quote-unquote disadvantage. Just Missouri was better. Um, but I do think that's that's a smart play, is having those games later on. So you can play some of these lower-level opponents, get uh, get some momentum going, and then head into these games. And I just think it's great for fans to have these home-and-homes. And, and we know the Illinois-Missouri rivalry is really good for basketball, and I, I do think – you know, I was at one of those games in St. Louis when I was in college, and, and it was electric. The atmosphere was was great. So uh, I'm glad they're doing this series again. It's a game that matters to the fans. Uh, one more note before we get to recruiting and this huge official visit weekend is the Kansas game got moved to Friday night. I'm not going to start the Friday night <laughs> debate here, but it's a 6.30 kickoff on ESPN2. I believe that's uh, September 8th now. Uh, I believe is the date. Uh, I could be wrong there. But the Kansas game week two is uh, now on Friday night. The second Friday night game of the year. Illinois will also have Nebraska uh, at home on Friday night uh, later in the season. Listen, I know for some fans it's terrible. You got high school football games or whatever. Uh, I get it. I, I hear you. The problem is it's it's all about TV product. 
it's it's all about TV product, and ESPN two is going to air this. Uh, so it's a it's a road game for Illinois this year. So it, maybe it's not as big of a deal, Joey. But the TV product trumps everything. It trumps more of what than what the uh, in person product is. It's more important to have that TV product than to actually get a couple thousand more people in the seats. And it's yeah, a, I mean, it's a TV network's decision. So it's not like Illinois had a ton of say. They probably said, okay, yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, and, and it probably helps if you're a fan to make it to stomach it a little bit more that it's in Kansas yeah. and you're not losing that, that, you know, atmosphere that, that you hope for on a Saturday afternoon. But when the, again, the weather, like we have to bring it up because these are like marquee weather tailgating Saturday afternoon uh, games. You know who I don't think, especially given it's a home game, I, I wouldn't doubt. I don't think Brett Bielman minds it that much. He's going to give ESPN two a ton of access to his guys, to himself, to his coaches. And like we see it, we see fans say, Oh, I, this broadcast is talking about X school more than Illinois. And guess what? Every other fan says that too. This, you know, you, every broadcast is talking more. Brett Bielan makes it kind of hard to do that on national broadcasts. Uh, when you have two programs kind of in a similar spot in, in terms of resurgent season last year coming up, he's going to give them a lot of access to make sure his program is talked about quite a bit. So if you're a fan watching at home, this is going to be either 50, 50 or, you know, we obviously Kansas is going to give some access to like that, but, you're going to hear a lot about your team during this game. And as a fan, if you weren't planning on going, like might make you happier unless you're going to be at a Friday night football game and then you're not going to be happy. And it's a fascinating matchup. Two programs that were in the dumps, two coaches that were both uh, candidates for the Illinois job. Like Leipold would have been a good hire, in my opinion. I was kind of locked in on him. <clears throat> and then Bielema comes in, and I think it's the perfect fit for Illinois, and he's done it extremely well. But it's going to be a fascinating study to see those two teams go up against each other selling a little or a lot shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business from the launcher online shop stage to the first real life store stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage shopify is here to help you grow whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person pos system wherever and whatever you're selling shopify has got you covered shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout 15 percent better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road with available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, Joey, let's switch to recruiting uh, because that is probably the biggest news uh, this week for Illinois because they have their first wave of official visitors and it is more than 12 uncommitted recruits that we have confirmed so far uh, is a huge weekend. I did a big story. I'm actually going to unlock it, make it free over the weekend for, for people to read. Uh, caught up with four Illini recruiting staffers about what this week means for them. They spend six months, Joey, basically preparing for this because it is massive for their recruiting efforts. June has become the most important month. Not only the coaches traveling to camps and us following them around with that uh, and, and checking out and evaluating prospects, but getting these top targets that they have focused in on over the last several months, gotten on campus in the spring, and then getting them here on official visit season uh, because most of these guys are going to commit within the next month or two uh, as they get ready for their high school seasons and want to lock in their spots. So, a massive weekend this weekend. So what what do you think 
this means for the class of 2024 for Illinois. And this, this is where they put the meat of their recruiting class together. You'll see some later additions as the high school and some senior blossoms here or there. But this is the meat of it. These are the guys that Illinois has been recruiting since Illinois got, since this coaching staff got to Illinois. I, I remember, Jeremy, the story you had last year on Malik Elzey and, and George McDonald basically followed and recruited that kid for two years. Now you add another year, right? You, you add another year, especially in state, uh, a, a year to, to get to know these guys, to put your best foot forward. I talked to somebody who wasn't a recruiting staff for Jeremy the other day, and they said it's all hands on deck in the month of June. That means whatever your job title is in June, that might include tech support, getting – I mean, whatever. It doesn't matter. Like this, June is to make this program – and Illinois is not alone in this – to make this program look the best it's ever looked. For anybody who comes through the Smith Center, and the result of that, if you pull that off and your pitch works and you sell all that, you get a, a really good piece, uh, in some cases all – or at least the heavy hitters your recruiting class put together. Uh, and Illinois has got some big names coming, Jeremy. I'm also curious. This is a chance to see how much they maximize that eight and five season and that breakthrough. And then it's also similarly a chance to, to see what they do with the three draft picks they had in the defensive backfield. Yeah. How do those things work in tandem and what kind of recruiting momentum, what kind of, of wins can they pull out of the, the hat here in the month of June? Yeah, let's be honest with you. Like, I, I think it's too early at this point to get worried about class rankings, right? Illinois has three commitments, which is lowest in the Big Ten. They're the number 71 class in the country. They're the last ranked class right now in the Big Ten. But in about a month, it's going to be start to be fair to, to look at those things about how they stack up. Um, but this is the big month. So, you know, Pat Embleton, who's the director of personnel at Illinois, and, and Nate McNeil, the, the director of high school relations, was, was basically like, or the director of recruiting, was basically like, yeah, the point is to get commitments. This is time to close for Illinois on some of their top targets and then to make a push and maybe push ahead in other recruitments, right? So this is important. Now it's time to add to this class. Like in past couple years, they've done really well uh, during June. They've, they've gotten a bulk of their classes and solidified their classes as you said like the spring you get the foundation you get a couple guys that can help recruit other guys then you get them all here in june you help them recruit each other they love having these big you know visit weekends they found that they get more commitments when they get all these guys together uh even if you think that it might take away you know focus on an individual guy they have enough recruiting staffers they seem to have the process down to where you get all these guys together it helps recruit them a little bit better but now is the time to add 10 guys in the next two months i think that's realistic eight to ten something like that and then you head into the fall and kind of focus in on some late evaluations maybe you're trying to flip guys like malik elzy maybe you find some late risers like a macrocetich or a matthew bailey um but now is the time you get the bulk of your class so it's important to see those commitments come out in, in the coming weeks and months i do want to add to that point because I, and I, i'm sure i've said this on here so i don't want to sound like a broken record but Two years ago, when all this started, someone had told us, Jeremy, that these big recruiting weekends, like, number one, yeah, they have enough people to make sure everybody, nobody's sitting alone at the table eating dinner. Right? There's enough there to do that in terms of staff-wise. But they want these kids to build a, a web within each other and to be woven into their, like, weave those relationships together. And they want the parents to do the same. If you look back at that 21 class, the, the Oaklas, the Whitenecks, the uh, Mountis Moeller, uh, the Leonards. I know they're all offensive linemen, so it's probably not the, you know, one-to-one pitch, but, like, their families are close, and a lot of that, the Learys, a lot of that happens on the visit. So so you're weaving a lot of things together with these big visit weekends. I think that matters. Is it going to ultimately tip the scale one way or the other? Probably not. There's a lot of other factors at play, but – you want as many things maybe going in your favor as you can and, and putting those those relationships together, letting those breathe a little bit, starting some text chains, some Snapchat chains, whatever the case may be, like that's what can come out of this and, and kind of help blend those together a little bit more. Now, they only have one commit, Jeremy, this weekend visiting. I think in an ideal world, you would like two, if you could get two a weekend to kind of really put all that together. But I think the goal is relationships, not just with the staff, but for these guys and their families and with one another. All right, let's start here, Joey. Let's throw some questions out at you. We can have some fun with this. Um, who do you think is the most important target visiting 
this weekend. I got the list up here. Mm. Um, you know, and, and I always preface this with, okay, if there's a family member listening, we're not saying your kid isn't important. This is just to have some conversation about some of these guys. And obviously some of them have bigger offer lists, all of that. Um, you know, I, I don't want to make anybody angry about that, but just give me one of your most important guys here. I think Darion Dupree, because we know how much they value. Like, again, yeah, I, I want to put the caveat. Not that they don't value everyone else visiting, but like, we know the priority that he is. And this is Wisconsin's very heavily in that mix. Illinois is fighting to be in that mix. He's a guy that they love at, at running back. He's a guy like they don't have, they, they've got the big guys, right? We've seen them recruit the big backs, but he's a guy who can be a pass catcher, kind of a do it all in state, four star. Like that one matters quite a bit from Chicago Mount Carmel. I, I think he's the one that would tell us a lot more uh, or maybe fortify a little bit more about what we think this recruiting uh, pitch has taken. I think I know who you're going to go with. And I, I would assume that a lot can be said similarly about the guy you go with. But to me, Dupree's a, a big one. Yeah. I think Dupree is just a perfect fit for what they need in that running back room, right? They got these big guys. They got Josh McCray. They got Caden Fagan. They got Jordan Anderson. They only have like really one speed threat um, for the long term here. Right. Uh, and that's Aiden Lawfrey, who struggled with some some injuries here. So you'd like to add another speed threat. And Darion Dupree being the number one running back, given the sell you have at running back, having a, an All-American, an NFL draft pick, a guy who could be the Bengals' go-to running back in a year, um, I, I think is a great sell. Uh, Wisconsin seems like the front runner. I mean, it seems like Illinois needs to make up some ground here. But he left Wisconsin without... Uh, you know, giving a commitment. And I think it's because Illinois, he wants to check them out and give them a real chance. I think those are the two schools. Michigan's been involved, but they have some other targets. They already got a four-star running back commit. Missouri is in the mix as well. They're getting an official visit. But I do think this is a this is a litmus test, kind of like Malik Elzey was, right? And eventually they got Malik Elzey. But if you can get him on board, I think it's just another sign of that they're a major player for these four-star top in-state kids. And I just think you got a great sell at running back. The other one I'd throw in there, because he's an in-state kid, he's a four-star prospect, and you're in a Big Ten battle, is Luke Williams. I think you've done a fantastic job recruiting him. The problem is the two guys who led this recruitment and the two guys have a pretty good sell um, based on his position. He's going to play free safety. Purdue, Ryan Walters and Kevin Kane were the lead recruiters for Luke Williams when Illinois was going after him, and now they're at Purdue selling the exact same success. And you know what? Ryan Walters can sell that success because he helped develop all these NFL draft picks. Uh, not that Bielma and company weren't a part of that, but he was hands-on with those safeties every single day. Uh, but Bielma can sell the structure, right? He can sell the in-state program. He can sell his history of success. It's not a, it's not a you know, like Bielma's proven. Ryan Walter still needs to prove it. So I think that's what Illinois is certainly selling. Aaron Henry's gotten involved here, but Purdue has gotten in here and, and they've given Illinois some a run for their money right now. And Purdue just made the shrewd move of taking his brother, Zeke Williams, who is an NIU player, as a preferred walk-on transfer. Shrewd move. Shrewd move by, by Purdue there. So those two battles, the fact that you're going up against Big Ten opponents, the fact that these are four-star in-state prospects, Joey, Let's be honest, like Illinois wants to continue raising the bar for, for recruiting. I think it's important to land guys like this. Maybe you don't land all of them. And I think Illinois can go land a running back that's talented. I think they can go land safeties out of Florida and do well. But you want to land the top in-state prospects. So I think it's important to, to make some, some ground up and potentially push ahead of your Big Ten rivals here. That is – it makes – Luke Williams makes sense. It's a good pick. I thought you were going to go with Eddie Turk because, let's be honest, two years ago, definitely three – this is not a conversation yeah. with him. Uh, they're in the mix of Northwestern, Miami in the mix. That That's a big one. A, a lineman who – I say lineman because he could play defense, he could play offense. It'll, it'll sort that out. But he's a guy that just probably – it's probably not really much of a conversation with in years past. And now they, they've seemingly done some work, and, and we've seen him on campus quite a few times. He's, he's another big one uh, because he's a top 500 kid in the state, Jeremy. Yeah. And you've especially at a position – where you have good cells, whether it's offensive line, defensive line, that's one that you want to try to maximize those cells on. And let's be honest, Eddie Turk is kind of an Illini legacy. His dad went to Illinois. His sister goes to Illinois and is working in the Illinois football recruiting department now. So like that, that's you'd hope that familial connection 
really helps. Now, Northwestern, I think, has a really good sell to suburban linemen. You've lost on suburban linemen in the past because Pat Fitzgerald, they got good development on the lines. Now, they've struggled here recently. And they got a, they got six commitments as linemen. I think four offensive linemen and, and two defensive linemen. So that's intriguing. Miami is also very involved here. So, so they're a threat. Uh, but again, to land the suburban offensive lineman like you did last year with TJ McMillan, I think Eddie Turk would be a similar, really, really good get. Um, Illinois recruiting him as a defensive lineman and offensive lineman. And then you got two other top 20 prospects in state. We'll get to Tyshawn Griffin out of Morgan Park here in a moment. But Carson Conkle, a three-star tight end, late bloomer here, kind of blew up. I think he's kind of taking his recruitment all in. Um, but Michigan State is in there. Indiana is very involved. But getting a kid out of Pinckneyville, you got to get a kid out of Pinckneyville, right, Joey? Like they've done a really good job downstate. I know Austin Brown went to Wisconsin, a four-star prospect at that time. Maybe if you recruited him a year later after Kirby Joseph's year, you might have gotten him. But they gotten Hank Beatty, they gotten Caden Fagan, and the two kids out of East St. Louis last year. They've they've done a pretty good job in downstate Illinois. And I don't think you can put a fence around the state, but you'd really like to put a fence around downstate. Uh, and, and Carson Conkle would be another good win downstate. Yeah, Pinckneyville does not um, produce a lot of Division One football players. Uh, it's good for him to be really blown up on the scene. I'm with you. Yeah, you. they've done – there's some downstate miss. You can look at it in different portions too. Like early on in Bielema's tenure, I th- thought of a guy like Rashad Rochelle who there just didn't seem to be a lot of traction there. But their hit rate downstate south of 80 is pretty good. And it's, you'd like to keep a, a big tent. Like this is outside of Austin Brown, Jeremy. In Bielema's tenure, is this the first downstate kid who like really had a swath of Power Five options? I guess Aiden Lawfrey, excuse me. That's Aiden Lawfrey was a big Aiden one. Fagan. Yeah, that's Caden stupid. Fagan was a big one. Brandon yeah, Henderson. Yeah, yeah, but you, yeah, you want to you want to close off downstate as much as you can. And East St. Louis, you mentioned Brandon Henderson. It's a tough tough one because a lot of people go east to East St. Louis looking for recruits, but these small school. Uh, players, you you want to you want to close off those kids and get them to Illinois. Yeah, the other thing we got to mention is the the Florida kids. Uh, Illinois has a slew of Florida kids uh, coming into to Illinois this um, this month. Eleven prospects. I think that's down to ten because Vernon Woodard uh, just committed to uh, Wisconsin. But uh, they got some big ones this weekend. Four star Edge Dylan Stevenson. Uh, shout out to Charlie. Man, who I've heard fantastic things about his career. So the new assistant, I think, is doing a fantastic job um, recruiting. So kudos to him getting Stevenson on campus. Now Florida State's a major player there. Ricky Knight, the three-star defensive back. Uh, I think he's kind of a four-star level prospect. He's a, he's a top 500 kid. Um, Florida State, Miami, huge players there. But Illinois gets the first official visit. And hey, if Miami and Florida State, who have some four-star targets if, if maybe they don't push i think illinois can put themselves in position there and then they get another three-star db and xavier lucas so like you're saying joey the defensive success last year the nfl development that they've had the last couple years i think that's that's what we'll see with the measurement with these guys like i don't know i don't think any of these guys are going to commit right away that'd be kind of a surprise to me but if they can land one of these guys within the next month or two i think that'd really show that that their sell of NFL success is really starting to resonate. Yeah, sell of NFL success and sell of NFL success with dudes from Florida. Yeah, uh, who a lot of these guys, I'm assuming, have some level of familiarity with, whether they've just heard it and they've done more research as Illinois recruited them. And look, Aaron Henry, Antonio Finalis, Brett Bielema have rec- recruited the state of Florida. Obviously, Bielema and Henry longer than Finalis for a while. They're familiar with with the schools there, some of the dynamics and play of just just understanding how to recruit the state um that's becoming a sneaky like there was that little new jersey stretch for a while where it's like boy look at everyone they're getting out of new yeah. jersey florida is illinois home away from home and they've done a good job there and this class to your point with, with the nfl development will, will be a good litmus test for for how much that pitch has improved or continues to resonate ebay motors is here for the ride remember when you first saw the potential And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. 
With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. A couple guys I want to say don't overlook here. Um, you know, Demetrius John, three-star defensive lineman out of Ohio. You mentioned the one commit that that is visiting. That's Angel McComb, a three-star defensive lineman out of Ohio. I think that can help this weekend. I think Angel McComb's job is to recruit Demetrius John. They know each other pretty well. The families, I think, know each other uh, just from being around each other, being at camps, all that stuff. So I think that could help because Demetrius John is a really, really good prospect. He's long. He's athletic. I think he can play the Keith Randolph position here. Um, I know I'm breaking up here a little bit. Sorry about that. Um, but I just think he's a really good power five defensive line prospect, and they need to land more power five defensive linemen. So uh, he's a big-time prospect. If he commits this weekend, I think they've got a good chance uh, with him over the next couple of weeks. I think that's a big addition for Illinois to position a need for the long term. Brett Carroll, offensive lineman out of Kansas, they're huge fans of. I was told by somebody outside the program that if he lived in Dallas, he'd probably be a four-star prospect. Um, they love how physical he is. I, I watched this film. He kind of reminds me of Ted Karras. Um, and we know how that well that went for Illinois, but physical, big, athletic. Um, you know, he's got several visits coming up. You know, Kansas State's a major player there. Texas Tech, he just visited there. Uh, Minnesota, obviously, is a good offensive line sell. So that's going to be a really competitive recruitment. But don't overlook him. And then Stewart, it feels like this is kind of a sneaky one that they don't always gotten in on. A kid on the East Coast, Philadelphia. Uh, getting him on an official visit this weekend. Obviously, they have a good old line sell. So I know some of those linemen we overlook a little bit sometimes, at least the average fan, because you're just looking for playmakers. But that's where uh, Illinois kind of had its bread and butter under Brett Buell, obviously. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Getting, I, I'm wondering how many they have. Brandon uh, Hanson, excuse me. Jesus, it's been a long day. Uh, they, they have him, but how many do they take, Jeremy? I, I think three or four would, would make sense in my eyes. But, yeah, don't overlook the lineman because that's one of their best pitches right now. We have to mention Carlos Orr, who probably is in a pretty good spot for yeah. him. Uh, Lone Power 5 offer, I believe. George yeah. McDonald's made him a priority. Get to him in a moment. Well, the moment might be now, Jeremy. <laughs> well, I'm going to throw this out there, Joey. Uh, this is what the fans want to know. Over-under commitments from this weekend over the next, let's say, two weeks, 2.5. From this weekend? From this weekend of the 12 uncommitted official visitors over the next two weeks. Because some of these guys are going to take their time, take other visits. So I'll say over the next two weeks, over under commitments from this weekend of visitors. Over. I think that's a – over the next two weeks, yeah, I think over. Yeah. Over the weekend, I if you're going next five days or something like that, I still might go over. Uh, because I, I feel like you're in a closing position with Carlos Orr. Uh, Demetrius John has other official visits coming up, but Carlos Orr is six foot four, 180 pounds. George McDonald has prioritized him. You're the only Power Five offer. It feels like it's just been waiting for this official visit. So that one, I, I feel like I got a crystal ball in. Like for you a try while. to make him a, a visit recruiter on Saturday, right? Yes. You try to lock that down on Friday and let him. Let him work on Saturday. Yeah, these are the kind of guys you want to cl- – uh, and Demetrius John for me. I, he was raving about the his unofficial visit in April, and I think you're the best option that he has. You know, Boston College, Vanderbilt are supposed to get official visits, but I know his family really likes Illinois. I know Demetrius really likes Illinois. You got McComb here on the official visit. That's a guy I think – God, don't let him go anywhere else. Close down on that one this weekend. And the other guy that 
most fans will probably get most excited about would be Tyshawn Griffin. The, the thing that strikes me is he only has one official visit scheduled so far. That's all he's shared with the world so far. Now, maybe he's going to take some other visits because I've heard Louisville, Maryland, um, some other programs really are interested in him and still recruiting him really hard. But he's only got one official visit set. His, his high school coach is Chris James, former Illini wide receiver. He's visited here many, many times. And again, it just feels like it's been an official visit away potentially of doing that. And to get one of the Chicago Public League's top kids, um, top prospects done uh, would be huge for Illinois. Help you sell maybe some of these other in-state kids like Dupree, Williams, uh, some of the kids who might come later this month. Um, so that that's another one I would look at. And then you can always have surprises. Like the two surprises to me last year were Jamarion Harkless, Rico Jackson. Those commitments didn't last, right? But there's always some kids just get caught up in, in all this stuff. And sometimes that's good. Sometimes it's uh, not long-lasting. But um, those are the three guys I would really look at as saying like, okay, cue the semi-sonic it is closing time those are the exact three jeremy that i had in mind and with griffin we we talk about how important the month of june is for programs like it's important for kids too to go and get these visits and see when a top 500 kid has one official visit again like you said announced that should put up every flare and 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 sign to say hey what what's going on here uh, what, why are they not? I know or, who I want to take. Uh, yeah, home. like you read that, and it's like those seem like the, they, that seems like a, a recruitment you want to close down. Mm-hmm. Come Sunday in the Brett Bielema's office before Sean Griffin goes home. Yeah, the other guy that's just I I don't know because uh, every time I've talked with with Carson Conkle, it's like ah uh, yeah this is all new. Like he he just he's all taking it in. He's a kid from Pinckneyville, just got to a Big Ten campus for the first time in April. And it just it feels like he's swimming in it. But, like, Illinois makes a lot of sense there. He does have an official visit set up for Michigan State. But that, that's another guy I would kind of sit there and go, oh, that wouldn't shock me if that one got closed down just because it makes sense. A downstate kid, go to Illinois. He's got a lot of Illini fans where he lives. But he also might be a kid who just wants to take it all in, take more official visits, and, and just kind of figure this whole recruiting thing out. So he's he's another one that intrigues me. Yeah, I, I'm with you. It's like we we get so used to covering it or fans following it dude this is a lot to deal with especially like some kids you like you've been that kid forever right and it like, like it's always, griffin's been on visits forever right yeah it's always gonna happen for you but then when it starts to happen for somebody who maybe didn't know what's gonna happen at this level dude it is so much to take in and like look we were not those kids by the way no, no one called us I, knox college gave me a couple of recruiting calls joey did you want to visit no i had That's no interest in playing division three college football kudos to all those who did i was just like i want to go and cover sports because i'm not good enough but like dude, the, the sheer volume of calls of text of, of people like us reaching out like there's so much to deal mm-hmm. with like you you some guy like you said some guy's been ready for it and then sometimes just like oh my goodness this is this is so much to deal with. So yeah, it's, it's hard to get a read on, on some guys who are still trying to figure their way through this process. Yeah. All right. You sent a question to me and, and we made sure not to, to discuss this before the pod. Cause you got to save it for the pod. How over under four star commitments in this class, they had three last year, Malik Elzey, Caden Fagan, and then Sabor Kareem, a guy I thought was a four star prospect. I ended up that in the composite rankings, I believe. Um, so they had three last year. So maybe that's that's the bar. Two and a half over under you sent me. And I think that's that's right. How would you answer that, Joey? Spend a little time thinking about this, trying to figure out the best of over? Like Illinois football should be over that number at this point. Right? I mean, I don't think that's crazy. And you look at guys they're in with let's look at the four stars they have right now saying that they're visiting. Dylan Stevenson from Florida, edge rusher. We've talked about Darion Dupree, Luke Williams. They scroll up. Yeah, I got, I, got, I got them all here. Marquise yeah. Lightfoot. They might have a chance to get an official visit there. I'm Marion Stewart. I don't think you're going to get it. Khalil Valentine, the running back out of Arizona, just set his official visit uh, for later this month. Darion Dupree, Austin Alexander, corner, visiting uh, later this uh, month out of Marion Catholic. I think that might be another Illinois-Purdue battle. Luke Williams, Illinois-Purdue battle. Ricky Knight is a three-star. So, you know, Tyshawn Griffin's a high three-star. Um, yeah, I think it's a tough answer, to be honest with you. Don't we have Corey Barney from Florida is listed as visiting the 23rd? They said they got him as a four-star? Composite. 
Okay. There you go. Jacory Barney. Yeah. What, you going over? I think so. <laughs> Here's the thing. If it's under, I think there's going to be a lot of eyes looking to West Lafayette. Yeah, and Madison. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it depends a lot on the in-state kids. You know, I, I think Lightfoot's a, a long shot, but I think you're in there. Um, you know, can you get one of the four-star running backs? I, you should. Like, if you can get a four-star guy, I think it should be running back right now at this point. Um, or defensive back, and that's where Alexander and Williams come in. So does Knight get to four-star status at some point if you're able to, to get him? I don't think Tyshawn Griffin's going to get up there. Eddie Turk, I don't know if he's going to get up there. Um, right now, I might say under. Not that I do think you're right that the expectation should be, yeah, Illinois should be able to get three four star prospects. But you know, my, my take is like, I think there should be 600 four star prospects. So I considered Griffin, Turk, man, even like Demetrius John to me is that kind of level of prospect. So I wouldn't, there's some nuance involved in all of that. But to me, it comes down to, I think Dupree and Williams will set the tone there because I think those are the two guys you have been pushing for, you've prioritized landing them would would go a long way like at this point you already had fagan on board um sabor kareem you're sitting well with he was a three-star prospect this time and i thought last year getting two depended on malik elzy you didn't get him the first time around but you got him by you know december january um so that kind of changes that class went along so i think they'll get two i don't know about a third yet yeah the third is the toughest one for me and again it's like you're right. There, there's going to be two places to look. It's going to be Madison, Wisconsin, and West Lafayette, Indiana, because those like CN State ones. And you were better than them for. last year. Well, not Purdue, I guess. <laughs> not Purdue. <laughs> I guess Purdue got to the Big Ten championship. But yeah, I mean, there was a different coaching staff, right? So that's both. Both were. It's a big and month, look, man. Big it, month. it looks like Luke Fickles brought a lot of juice oh, uh, to Wisconsin, and it, honestly, very similar vibes from, from Purdue, uh, which which we knew. We, we covered those guys. We knew that they're good at this, and, and they have that ability to recruit. That, that might be a fun one. Like, if we talk protected rivalries, that's going to be a fun one uh, for the next couple of years. Yeah, I was glad they protected that, man. Like, I, I saw Kevin Kane and Corey Patterson uh, up at uh, North Central College. It's good seeing those guys. Those are really good dudes. Um, but they think it's weird, right? It's, it's a weird dynamic for them, but this is the reality. They are rivals now. Like they, they were talking to each other. I don't know if Brett Bielmo like that. They were friendly with each other, but they're also cutthroat on the recruiting trail. And they're recruiting the same guys. They're recruiting to the same scheme, the same success. It's fascinating. I just find it completely fascinating to see who's going to win out there. Because I know Illinois fans want to take all the credit for Ryan Walters. Dude, that guy was awesome. He was really good at what he did. Could he have done it without Brett Bielmo? No. Um, Aaron Henry played a role in all that success. But specifically to defensive backs and specifically to safeties he did a heck of a job he did man and i just i'm not a big fan of the rewriting history at this point like ryan walters is good he was good at illinois he's got it there's a reason he got the big 10 coaching job from being the illinois coordinator look that doesn't mean no one in the illinois building is good but like dude ryan walters is good and i i think like the, the Illinois, the Illinois Brett, coaches will admit that too. Like, yeah, the Pre- Brett Bielema said, like when I saw Purdue, I was like, just my luck. <laughs> he said he was on the record saying that, like, you don't say just my luck if you don't think the guy's any good. Now it's going to bring some juice, man. I get it. And the first recruit that Illinois truly pulls, or that Purdue truly pulls away from Illinois, there's probably going to be some bantering, and fans are going to be frustrated. And that's why it's protected rivalry or something. Yeah. I don't know. It's fun, dude. It is. It's fun. Maybe not as fun if you're a fan and you lose a, a guy you recruited your tail off to Purdue, but it's that's part why, of the game. That's why it's a huge weekend. Huge you also weekend. won some guys that other teams recruited their tail off. Uh, just, it's how this thing goes, man. It's what makes recruiting such a, a roller coaster. Yeah, like Iowa a couple of years ago losing Lawfrey to, to Illinois. They were probably like, what the heck is this? What, who the heck are these guys, right? Or, or Cincinnati and Fickle losing Malik Elzey uh, last year. They're probably like, we were just in the college football playoffs. Just had nine draft picks. What's happening here? Um, so yeah, it's you know Illinois is plucky to some people, and then you got these other staffs. But this is important, Joey, because I mean, talk to the Illinois staffer yesterday. We got to continue getting dudes. Like they have to continue getting dudes because the Big Ten's only getting tougher, and you have to have players. Like Illinois had players partly because of what Lovey Smith was able to bring in talent wise, and they were able to develop it. But you can only develop so much. You need really good talent, and in this Big Ten, where you're not 
protected by just playing Big Ten West teams anymore. You got to continue to raise the bar, and I think that's what this month is all about. It is, man, and it's a, it's a fun month. It's a fun month because so much of it gets built. There's a guy, Jim. Can we talk really quick? We haven't really talked about Brandon Hansen in a while. Yeah. When we've seen him a few times, large individual that one. I mean, he he is a a large guy that I think he could be a guy that we look at down the road and are like, boy, Illinois is probably pretty happy they closed on him early in the cycle. Can I can I give out a tease? Um, I hope. I'm thinking about bringing the recruiting lounge back, um, oh, and, and we might have one tomorrow. I'll have a note about Brandon Hansen. Because even though he's still not highly ranked, uh, you and I have seen how big he's gotten, and how, and you know, talking with people, how much more athletic he's gotten. He's moving a lot better. He's put in a lot of work, and there's been some big schools that have tried to get in on his recruitment, uh, and he said, "No, I'm good." So he's being recruited higher than he's he's being ranked, and he's kept it quiet. Um, but yeah, it's. Like, that they they got a good one there. I liked that they closed early on him. You know, I know there's some questions about how well he moved when they took him, but you know, to get an in-state guy that's that big, that physical, um, you know, they kind of took him as a guard, and I think now they think he can play tackle. So to, to get tackle bodies is really difficult. So that's that's uh, kudos to them. That's why you want to recruit kids early in the state and get in early on kids in the state and get to know them really well. So I, I think Brandon Hansen's kind of a little bit underrated at this point. Look at you teasing out with 60% off of a membership going right now, Jeremy. Look at that. Look at you giving a promo. Putting it all together. <laughs> hey, the kids will learn, man. I'm learning over here. Yeah. It's a podcasting game. You got anything else left, Joey? <sighs> I don't. I, I, we did talk really quickly um, about Charlie Charlie Bowen. I've talked to him. You've talked to him. This guy's got it. Like, I, I'm really interested to see what this official visit month looks like for him when he can be with the prospect and that prospect's family for, for 48 hours. And there's a lot going on. It's not just going to be Charlie tailing a kid for 48 hours around campus. But I, he's somebody I'm really, really interested in because I think he's got a lot of factors that make somebody a good recruiter. Uh, we know we've seen him and what he's done in the NFL that doesn't happen on accident. I think we might learn a little bit uh, more about him this weekend or this month and to see what he's able to do because he, he's a really personable guy who's got a heck of a history to sell. We're trying to learn about these new coaches. We, we've known Thad Ward. We've covered him for a little bit. We're still learning Charlie and Antonio Finellis and Robbie Disher, but man, he, he's, it seems like he's really making some, some rounds on the recruiting trail. Cause let's be honest, Illinois has a, you know, fans probably have a not so great memory of NFL assistants trying to become recruiters. That's right. Love you Smith there. Um, he's different. Charlie's different. He's he he enjoys recruiting. He seems to really like it, and he's just a natural. Uh, you know, you see him at. You know, I've talked with him several times at, at some of these events, and we got to interview him and things like that. And he got good vibes. And you see him at some of these camps and just bouncing around, talking to everybody. You know, going up to people and just being comfortable, even if he doesn't know them. Uh, that that translates really well. And then he's got a great sell when you can go to Marquise Lightfoot and say. Yeah, Chandler Jones, that guy, you know, that <laughs> huge contract, one of the best pass rushers of recent history in the NFL. I coached him. Uh, Hassan Reddick, pro bowler. Yeah, you know him, making millions of dollars. Yeah, I coached him too. Marcus Golden, millionaire, right? I, I coached him. And then you can start start to sell. Gayback is going to be a high draft pick. Seth Coleman could be a draft pick. Um, you know, that's going to that's gonna help him on the recruiting trail. So, yeah, I think you should be really excited about what he brings because, you know, it was kind of built as, and Brett Bielma said it, we want to get the most of our guys. This is a development guy. This is a coach. He's going to add – he's a guy in recruiting, I think, as well. Yeah, I think Brett Bielma will probably tell you he saw that coming, but I think for yeah. those of us who, who have seen this uh, kind of manifest over the last few months, it's been a little bit of a surprise. Uh, just like you said, recent history doesn't suggest that's that's going to be a home run in Champagne. He's never recruited. So, yeah. I mean, that was like, our biggest question mark when they hired him. Yeah, it was Literally like the biggest question. And, and for me, he's a younger guy. Um, the first interview we had with him, I'm like, oh, okay. And then I said hi to him afterwards, and he was just naturally engaging. And you're like, okay, this guy's got a chance. And now you're starting to see it into play. Like, it's not that we didn't think he couldn't recruit. It's just like we didn't know. Like, there's no history of it. There's no 24 seven profile of listed of recruits. Like, we can see that with Thad Ward. We can see that with Robbie Disher. Uh, we didn't know when, when it comes to Charlie Bowen. So that's been certainly encouraging. All right, that's all I got. Uh, that, that's about an hour of Illinois football talk. I think we covered it all there, Joey. It's a lot. Yeah, good. It's a fun month, dude. It's a really, really fun, fun month to follow up and, and see how this thing 
plays out. And as Joey said, it's a good month to, to sign up for Illini Inquirer with everything going on. Piper's still doing some basketball stuff that you got to be paying attention to on the VIP side of things. Uh, and, of course, we've got all of our official visit primers. I'll have that recruiting lounge out tomorrow as well. And right now you can get 60% off a deal. That's more than $70 in savings. So look at that at IlliniInquirer.com. Thank you to everybody on our YouTube, uh, live YouTube stream here. Appreciate you guys. Hit the like button on the way out. That really, really helps us. Subscribe to us and hit that notifications bell for all of our videos. Thanks to all who are listening on the podcast side of things. Give us a follow, rating, review wherever you get your podcast. For Joy Wagner, I'm Jeremy Warner. Everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Illini Inquirer podcast. Bye, everybody. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen.